Okay, we are live. Central Valley in the background. Trucks, things happening across the street here. I don't know what's happening. I don't even want to describe it. It doesn't matter. Alex Creed <laughs> Bowser is in the house. Gage Mitchell, Modern Species. Welcome to the show. God, I love this. Let's do it. Alex, tell us a little bit about the story. Uh, well, thanks for having me on, Mark. Um, you know, our story started in Beijing, China about five years ago. Uh, we set up Baozi, uh because we had the idea to combine a pizza with a Chinese baobun, um, which is steamed, it's soft, it's fluffy. Um, the two just kind of naturally go together. Um, my partner, Lauren, and Heinel, uh, Lauren Heinold and I, uh, we actually set up retail stores in China, in Beijing, Shanghai. We did delivery. Um, and then kind of right before COVID hit, we had already started to move toward frozen. Um, and now we're a CPG line in China. Uh, last year, we felt confident enough to make the next move and take on the U.S. market. Um, so we're a, a frozen CPG item sold across China and now uh, sold uh, in, in here in the United States. Okay, so that's going to be a first. So you guys started internationally. You're going to have to describe that a little bit. What? Where or how did that come to be? There's got to be something behind that. And, and then what were some of those loopholes, non-loopholes? What was, were, there, were there different obstacles that maybe we face here? Just give us a little snapshot so we can understand that. Sure. From an origin standpoint, you know, we chose China because Lauren and myself had been living in China, living and working there for many years. Uh, we're both you know, reasonably fluent in Chinese. Um, we built a lot of our professional careers there. Lauren is actually a, a, a restaurateur in Beijing. So it's kind of a natural place to get started. Obviously, Bao is Chinese. Um, so um, being there allowed us to really, really understand this type of product and really understand how it's made, not just um, by hand, but also at scale. Um, so we got a lot of good learning there. Um, you know, obviously, a very, very different place. Uh, you know, that's been our focus is China. Uh, obviously very, very different from the U.S. Um, some things here in the U.S., I could say, are much easier. Uh, the industry is a lot more mature here. Uh, in China, we have to kind of do a lot of things on our own and feel our way through. Um, but in the U.S., you have, you know, a very well-built CPG community. You have distributorships. You have a lot of relationships that you can kind of leverage. So um, they're very different. Um, but they, yeah, uh, I'd, say, I'd say a lot of the learning in China, ironically, prepared us very well for the U.S., what were you doing in China specifically? What, what were you doing before this? And then give us a little bit more of a snapshot. You said she's in uh, a restaurateur. Can you describe that a little bit for us? Yeah, he, uh, Lauren is a, is a dude. Um, but yeah, before, before this, you know, we've been in and out of China um, for many years, both of us. We were actually both uh, in finance uh, and consulting. We we're both investment bankers, actually. Um, so yeah, in and out of China in a number of roles, you know, helping foreign companies, helping Chinese companies, um, a lot, a lot of fundraising, merger and acquisition, that type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, we both done language study over there, et cetera. Um, in recent years, uh, to, to, to Lauren's work, uh, he's actually founder of what I would say is probably China's most successful, uh, re uh Mexican restaurant chain. So him and some partners, have kind of perfected the art of selling um, kind of a food item that your food items that you wouldn't think uh, Chinese would really go for, but doing it masterfully, 
Uh, they have five locations in Beijing doing incredibly well. So they understand how to sell foreign food to uh, local consumers there. Lauren, I'm sorry. I had a 50-50 chance. And, you know, oftentimes I lose. Um, <laughs> you said it's a dude. Uh, so, um I interesting. Well, the, the, the banking part is not as interesting because it's, there's a lot of stack going around here. Um, uh, nothing wrong with bankers, nothing wrong at all. Um, let's get into the transition here. Um, you were making them there. I believe you are now having to make them here. You should be because that would be really tough. Uh, nobody wants to be on a boat right now, I'll tell you that much, uh, but that's for a whole other episode here. Um, what did that transition look like, kind of speed us forward, and then what was that date? How did you get that going? Yeah, well, the first thing is I, I would be traveling back and forth all the time. Um, I had kind of a sort of a 60-day in-and-out visa thing in China, so uh, I was taking a lot of trips back home and really it was about two and a half years ago that we started kind of feasibility study work. Um, so I started visiting co-packers, started looking at supply chain stuff. Um, we started kind of thinking toward the U S brand. In fact, we did a big packaging design redesign in China as a U.S. brand, then relocalized into China, which was kind of one of our strategies. So we got a lot of the, the things kind of set up in advance. Um, it was last year, um, literally at this time, like around Halloween, um, that I made the jump. So I left China. Um, interestingly, by that point, we already had people um, looking further at R&D and sourcing for us. We had people looking at labeling for us. We'd actually joined an accelerator. So we were part of Real California Dairies um, Snack Accelerator last year. Uh, we were doing it remotely. I don't even know if they knew we were remote, but all the mentoring sessions were at like three in the morning over there. So we kind of gotten a little jump. Um, and then when I hit the ground uh, end of last year uh, through about March, April, it was just pounding to really get up and get the product dialed in, get into production, tested. Um, and then as of about June, uh, we actually rolled it out. So now we're sold in Sprouts on uh, about uh, 400, nearly 500 points to sale now in the U.S., is there, let's do a quick one. You still sell in China, correct? Yes. How is the business made up? Is this a 50-50 at this point as far as revenue or still majority uh, happening in China? Um, you know, it's interesting. I'd say in China, we're certainly more of a niche product. Uh, we always have been. And we're playing a bit of a long game in China um, so that we can try and evolve with the market. I would say right now, like run rate wise, we're already handily beating China. Uh, the U.S. market is huge, especially for a product like this. It's already very mature. Is that because the product that sits in the same places of what would be described as a Chinese market is looked at differently as a consumer? They walk by it differently. It's not as um, understood. Is it, That's just what I would assume. Potentially also just volume. I mean, how many people are walking through the, the door each day? Yeah, it's a combination of, I'd say, two factors that will ultimately play in our favor, um, but, but one of which is that we compete with street bao. So street baos are like one or two Chinese yuan, which is like 15, 20 cents or 15 to 30 cents. Um, and ours are anywhere from like eight to nine. So they're much more expensive. So there's a lot of um, cultural barriers to a premium product in the space. Um, so we have to contend with that. We have to bend that. It takes time. Um, we're doing pretty well at that, I would say. 
Um, the second thing is just the state of the industry in China. Um, grocery stores, um, there's not a lot of places, ironically, that stock premium CPG. Um, it's relatively new. There's probably a thousand points of sale that are very considered premium markets. Um, most grocery shopping is 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 done in a slightly different way. A lot of it's moved online. Uh, we're taking advantage of that. Um, but yeah, there's not there's not a huge uh, point of sale ecosystem for premium CPG. So we're, we're trying to ride that wave as that industry evolves. It's a frozen product. Um, are you guys going to be able to walk into some uh, direct to consumer as, as part of this, or is that sort of off the table for now? You're going to stay consistent on growing distribution points, such as the sprouts, uh, uh, of the world give us sort of the playbook there. You know, I'd say I'd say the arc of history bends toward us being very distribution retail heavy. Obviously, um, we were a little bit kind of coy, and I I think we're, we're our our minds are starting to change. We're starting to explore D to C now. Um, it, the the unit economics are very tough, um, and we think that it could be a reasonable business. But I think ultimately retail will be our real bread and butter. So yes, the plan is to. Um, evolve part of our D2C strategy. Uh, we're, we're actually sold on Gold Belly right now, which we felt was kind of a quick and easy um, and you know, kind of a nice channel for us to at least become available nationwide. Um, but it's still relatively small as, as a percentage of our overall mix. Um, but it's something we're looking more at. Side comment would be because I'm assuming there are these like trays almost, they're kind of thin. Um, you have a package there. Yeah, I do. Um, I, yeah, you actually can ship those fairly efficient. The problem, of course, for those that don't understand cold is you have to put some sort of freezer pack or something in there. So, you, you know, economically, actually, it could work um, because you could get four or five of those in a fairly small package with kind of an ice pack on it. The ice pack thing, of course, is what sucks. Um, and then there's weight involved in all that, but that's just side note commentary, boom, bang, more trucks moving around here, Central Valley, shout out. Um, <laughs> I, there's people walking, they don't know what's happening. I don't either. That's the best part. I get people here driving my, it's, anyway, um, Bowza, that's, I just felt like saying that right now. It made sense. I hope everybody understood that. Cool. Let's get back into this. Um, let's. I want to understand who's running this thing right now. Is it just the two guys? I'm picturing two bankers, right? Sorry, I have to. And, and or is there a like team here that's on the on the ground? Is there five or six of you now? And then the second piece to that is the money part. I kind of just want to know. You don't have to talk details. Expensive business, CPG's expensive, folks. There you go, free tidbit right there. Um, is there a ton of money that gets thrown into this? Because it sounds like you did get some stuff done operationally where you're bringing in a bunch of people to kind of operate the business, uh, whether it's R&D packaging, uh, the co-pack piece over here. I know there's a lot to unpack in that. So maybe if you can just sort of frame it, frame each, each point. Yeah, um, to set it up, uh, the first thing is that, yes, we, we decided to split our roles. So uh, Lauren runs China, or I should say Asia. Uh, I'm running North America. Um, in China, we have to do a lot of things kind of captive in-house. There doesn't exist an outsourced sales agent in China that you're not going to find that. 
Um, there doesn't exist a social media team that's plug and play and, and competent in China. So you can't, you can't just go and find that, right? So a lot of these things we have to build in-house. We have two offices. We have one in Shanghai, one in Beijing. We have about uh, six or eight people in any given time that are full-time. Um, in the US, we're a much more simple operation. Um, it's myself and an assistant at this point, but we have excellent, I would say best-in-class relationships with um, a lot, a range of resources, everything from kind of our R&D and labeling consultancy to obviously our co-packers who have been huge and ex extremely supportive, um, as well as our sales team. Uh, we have an outsourced sales agent and uh, we also uh, work with Circle Media on our social media strategy. So um, we have a lot of really mature and, and highly effective resources at our fingertips here in the US in, in, form, in the form of vendor relationships that we just can't, can't spin up in China. So that's kind of how we're set up. Um, ultimately, yes, the plan is to build out a little bit more of a team. Um, we've raised some capital. Um, you know, Mark Cuban, interestingly, is still, uh, he's one of our largest shareholders. He funded us back in 2017 uh, when we were just a baby. Um, and yeah, we've continued to raise um, more funding, not a, not a crazy amount, I would say. We've been able to stretch uh, a relatively limited budget very, very far having been in China uh, this whole time. It's actually been a great place to make a lot of mistakes. Um, and so, yes, ultimately the plan will be to raise some more here um, and to, you know, try and try and step on the gas a bit uh, and be able to be able to find a, 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 a more steep growth curve. Um, but uh, we're kind of taking a step at a time right now, really focusing on uh, really making sure that, you know, all the infrastructure is in place, making sure that the brand is in place, making sure that you know, we're doing the right things um, and getting the right traction, the retail channels that we have. Very cool. I, I like the story. I like the, I like the concept of product. Um, I think it's an interesting piece that it was started overseas and it's came, come here. Um, the experience and how you guys are separating as far as responsibility. Uh, there's tidbits of, of information here that people can pull in and extract some, some value. And that's what this is about. Alex, I put up your info there for Bowza. Everybody check it out. Get on there. Uh, Gage Mitchell. I love that name, Gage. I, I, I just got Mark. So, I mean, shout out, Mom. Um, <clears throat> um, but uh, modern, modern species, give it to us. What's it all about? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on the show. It's fun to, to be here and to chat with you both. Uh, the short version of modern species is that we help mission-driven CPG brands grow so they can scale their impact. The slightly longer version of that is that, you know, our ultimate goal is we want to help guide the human evolution towards a happier, healthier, and more just and regenerative world. But as a brand agency, the best way we can do that is by helping mission-driven brands bring their mission to life through their brand and apply that in a really compelling way on their packaging, website, and collateral so that it connects with conscious buyers and consumers ultimately. So long story short, we help them stand out in the marketplace, grow, and then scale their impact in strategic ways. Nothing wrong with helping other brands grow. Love that. I put their information there. Check out the website. I love this. I might. This is where I may do it every single yeah. week. You should There's just stop just, some of those cards to an interview. Just lively and just like, just, just, um, just purely American about all this. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. it's working. It's working. Uh, I appreciate you guys. You enjoy the rest of the week. Be Thank well. You. Cheers.